It's your boy known by many names, Long Beach Media Podcast, Ocean Orgel B. And today I got my boy Jacob Flores and Chris San Nicholas in the building, man. Um, usually when I got one, you know, one person on the thing, I just say, yo, tell the people who you are and what you do. But today my boy Jake is kind of a co-hosting today, so... As a matter of fact, we're just going to still do the same thing. So, starting with Jake and then Chris, tell the people who you are and what you do. Yeah, so... um, Let me see this. You know, I think I would first define myself um, by, you know, I I think the the things I value doing um, and the communities I value being a part of... um, and so what I've really learned to do is to, you know, work with other artists to make their projects come to life. And I do that in a professional capacity as a product manager. Um, but I've been doing different types of creative direction, art direction, um, for about like six or seven years now. Um, and... You know, for me, uh, identity and, you know, the kind of the political and social aspects of that have been really important. So, you know, the son of an immigrant from Ecuador and, you know, very affiliated and, and you know, I think loyal to, uh, to working class people in the city of Long Beach. Where, where? Um, Chris? <laughs> How do I follow that one up? Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna keep it simple I'm a photographer from Long Beach Um, I'm living in downtown right now Uh, my work focuses on personal documentation street photography and social landscape Mm -hmm. and my current project is doing not day to day but but documentation of of my neighborhood and the community uh, of Long Beach currently like before during and hopefully after the pandemic Mm -hmm. Uh, I can tell that you've been saying that a lot because <laughs> before, during, and after the pandemic because uh, that's exactly what you told me when I was at the sure. art show, man. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah, right. I mean, you got to have something that's, you feel me, Snappy. on go every time. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, let's start off with, I mean, how we got in contact. I think... You said that you seen me at Leia's visual thing right. um, when she passed away. So that's like the first time that you've seen me. But uh, you contacted us on Five Two Media. Said, "Yo, we're having a art show." We came out and it was amazing, man. So let's just talk about the art show first before we get into downtown Downer. All right. Um, you said that that wasn't your first art show correct but it was like the one on that scale correct um what other art shows have you been a part of but before that one uh they've just been through friends uh i have a friend philip who does some film photography stuff and he invited me to a show uh not that far from here actually it was by the ralphs it was also like a one-day Mm pop-up at like a clothing store um but that was a couple years ago i haven't really been doing a lot since in terms of print or exhibitions, but I definitely want to keep doing it now that I have this momentum and, and get out there and show some work. Yeah, man. <clears throat> so, uh, how did um, how did Waldo get in contact with you for that show? Oh, we've been buddies for 
maybe two years. Okay. Um, in the film photo community, people are always doing like photo walks and stuff. And I think we met at a mutual friend's photo walk he was doing in Hermosa Beach, somewhere in the South Bay. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of folks and I knew like probably half the people that he contacted and, and all the other homies that he had there, like knew other people. So yeah, it's, it it's seems pretty like, good connected. Yeah. It seems like with the, with the, you know, not camera community or photographer community, but specifically with the film photographer community, you guys are all closely knit yeah like i mean it's a weird thing to do (laughs) (laughs) when you find somebody on the street you like make eye contact it's like dogs you know you're like oh shit yo what's that (laughs) let me sniff your camera (laughs) yeah Yeah, man that's dope yeah because you were like yo um you know i was at latest thing and i was like oh yeah that's word uh you should come through and that's how we you know got to where we are today um so at the art show, you displayed some of your stuff from downtown Downer. Right. Right. And, uh, oh, by the way, you said that you, like, uh, two years ago you met Waldo. That's around the time that you met, like, Leo too? Uh, yeah, me and Leo were friends on Instagram. We never, like, actually, like, met up to, uh, like, photo walk or anything, mm-hmm. but I bought her prints a couple times. I met her at the zine fair, Long Beach zine fair. Mm. Um, but, yeah, she's one of those people where you, like, you see him and you meet him and you're like, man, if we just met up, I know we'd be homies. Exactly. And then she passed too soon. Shh. Yeah, man. R.I.P. to the homegirl, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Gotta keep her name alive. I love you, bro. Um, damn. Okay, so... Let me try to... Recompose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Recircle back to the thing. So, uh, at, the, at the art show, you displayed what we have right here. Well, Well, this is some of it. Yeah. Downtown Downer. Uh, is that the official name or is that just what it's, you're going with? It's pretty solid mm-hmm. as a name. As a project, it's still a work in progress, but I think the name's pretty indicative of how they'll turn out towards the end, too. Right. Um, tell us what the whole thing is about, just the, just the pandemic and, you know, what people are going through. Yeah, I'd say uh, my work is very much uh, intuitive and I just document stuff as I go along about my life. So it'll be like, if I'm a family, then I'm documenting family. If I'm going to the grocery store and there's weird shit happening at the grocery store, then, you know, that's in the camera too. And if I go to an event, I always bring a camera and try to like capture like the things I see. Um, And so every two years or so, I build up enough work where I look back and I say, all right, what's what's in this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just look for concepts, like common threads, and I kind of like cut the work down, mess with the presentation, how I want it, cut it up and put it together and display it. Um, my first one was called Small Abyss, and that was more of a sort of like a discovery of my like style of photography. Mm-hmm. And I presented that in a book form. It was a, a bigger zine um, slash book, um, and I got it printed online. Um, but this one, I'm still playing around with it, I think, because at the at the show I had that map and mm. all the prints had like little colored dots on them to show you where in the city I took those pictures. Oh, damn, I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't have room for the map, so it was kind of like taped below and it wasn't like super clear. But like I'm like I said, I'm trying to 
mess with the format and the presentation and the structure and I think an exhibit is my aim for it just because of how it's sort of like a timeline and like geographically based you know Jake he's the perfect person to talk to stuff about oh, yeah. that because we could probably like that physical map that you got we could mm. probably make a real big one or well, like a <laughs> what was I just said, yeah, yeah, like a digital map. I was actually thinking about that too, where you Mm -hmm. could like, like Google Maps it and street view, like with pictures Mm -hmm. and it would be cool to also like integrate that to the community where people could take street photographs like anywhere Mm -hmm. and then give us the, uh, the coordinates and we could put it in there too. That's sploosh, man. Yeah. Um, how did you get into film photography, black and white specifically? Uh, well, film photography, I picked up, like, disposable cameras, like, four years ago, because they reminded me of my childhood, you know? Mm-hmm. I just took them on trips and stuff, and then eventually I was like, maybe I could just get a real camera and learn some shit about photography and exposure and all that stuff. And so I picked up a manual camera, and I've pretty much been shooting those since. Um, as far as black and white, it's kind of a weird thing. I started with color, um, and then... I started shooting like a lot and it gets really expensive and color development and processing and scanning is not harder it just takes more resources and the process is different and for the amount that I was shooting I was shooting like 20 30 rolls a, a month and I figured That's out a lot of rolls yeah it is <laughs> wow in order to like sustain that like without going broke I uh went with all black and white I home processed home developed home scanned and you know if you're shooting 20 to 30 rolls you get the practice in and you need that practice yeah for sure do you know what was the coolest thing to me when I used to watch movies as a kid it'll be like that dude that's looking for somebody he taking oh. photos and, them them all. <laughs> and then when he go back home it's like the red thing and he be looking yeah. back at the thing I'm like this is a badass yeah. why <laughs> you bro yeah. you're dead my guy like that's one of the hardest things is so when I started taking film photos how I got into it was basically because of uh, Leia you know mm-hmm. my mom she is big on you know film photography um, she in, in high school she used to do it and so She's like the perfect example of what happens to creative black people in capitalism, mm. you know? She she really didn't have time to like go farther within that, you right. know, but the she held on Yeah, but she held on to it for her family. So she stayed with this cool. with disposables like everywhere we went yeah. to the point where she was like when we had family events, she's the camera person. Mm. And then you know, then my other aunties start doing it, and it's funny because I got back into it. like I was I was always taking digital photos, but when Leia had passed away, I wanted to take some film photos at her visual, mm-hmm. and so that's how I kind of start. I had practiced some a little bit before then, and that's how I kind of learned like the process and what she was talking about mm-hmm. because a lot of that stuff, you know, digital you can take as many photos as you want. Um, yeah, it's, it's less precious. Yeah, right. The the camera costs more, but after that, you're good. Whereas with film photography, you only get thirty six, you know, shots maximum. So you got to be careful. 
it costs a lot to develop those shots, even though that the camera itself is inexpensive. Mm-hmm. So it's like reverse, you know. Mm-hmm. So hella respect for that. But um, yeah, man, uh, I, I mean, forgot what I was talking about. It's interesting you bring that up because it feels like it does something to time and to moments where it's like, is this a moment worth capturing? Mm-hmm. Where in this mediated world where everything is just like quick copy paste share, retweet, response, whatever. You could you could hit an interaction on a hundred fifty images every day and not remember a single one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. You see something that someone really was like, Yeah, this is a moment worth capturing and then you hold that picture and that picture stays with you. Right. And it's interesting because it's all one moment, another moment, but they're not exactly the same. One is kind of inherently more valuable, you know. Yeah, I think so too because with everything you, you just said, we need to basically kind of market that to, you know, the masses because all these photos, like you said, they're just like, yeah, whatever. But when you have something that's like, yo, this is the only one, mm-hmm. kind of like the NFT thing, mm-hmm. but it's really just physical and kind of like on a on an older thing, like not digital. But yeah. we could kind of get into the digital thing too, just for like, you know, making prints or right. even, um, have you ever, how do you feel about, like, I want to ask both of you guys this with um, having, like, your film prints digital. Have you ever thought about selling the actual digital file of uh, the print and just be like, print it out yourself, do whatever you want with it? Uh, I'm okay with that, like, as long as it's a smaller size print. Mm-hmm. Like, 5 by 7 I'm fine. I'm probably fine with selling the digital copy of it. But anything bigger than that... Um, like, I'd want to print it myself with my inkjet printer or print it in the dark room. You know what right, I mean? Right, to, to make sure that it has that feel that you want represented and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But maybe for something small, like 4x6 or 5x7, I'm okay with that. Like postcard or something. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. Or, like, even if you rip some shit off a website, it's about that size. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. All you would basically have to do is just make sure that the yeah, like the file size is not too big to where they can blow it up. You exactly. know? Mm-hmm. Then... Or if they do, it looks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, look how they massacred my boy. Right. That's a, that's a thing. I think that's a thing. It's almost like it's booby trapped. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know. Right. But just imagine though, in like a hundred years, somebody's like, yeah, this is. This is a uh, a a misprint. This net is going for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. You're like, no, don't sell it. Don't yeah. sell it. Burn it. Um, Leia's Leia's father was actually telling me about a and because uh, when we had met up to talk about making the Leia program and how we're gonna move forward, I was asking him. You know, does he plan to um, release any of Leia's stuff that she hadn't re- released yet and he said you know only the stuff that I could think about that I know for a fact that she was like gonna but everything else is is, is not prepared and she's not here to prepare so we ain't never gone mm-hmm. re- I was like damn that's dope you yeah, feel me right. ass. I'm so lucky that I'm like a close friend so I could like look at it you yeah. feel me <laughs> but um yeah he was also telling me about how uh, you probably heard this like y'all probably heard the story too about this person that was like just taking photos and they never released them or dropped them oh, yeah. and then somebody found Vivian Meyer all of the roles yeah and mm-hmm. then they start putting them out like oh I'm just showing people and then I guess 
their family or their friends found mm-hmm. out about it and was like, yo, my homie, mm-hmm. her thing was, or their thing was not to show anybody. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's always something important to think about, especially yeah. when it comes to, you know, somebody's artistry, no matter whether it's, you know, photography or whatever yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. Lots of ethical concerns for sure. Yeah. And even like on the daily with my stuff, since I'm oftentimes like taking pictures of people I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's something that, you know, like as an artist who does this work, I feel like I have to think about a lot and like treat with care. Yeah. Yeah. It's a question in art in general and just this idea of depiction and who is, uh, you know, in power to mm-hmm. create and then pub- like publish, like really put it out there, this this narrative coming through. and And I think that's kind of, like in some ways you know a lot of criticism in photography is around you know well who's behind the camera is it the male gaze type of a thing is it a white person type of a thing are they objectifying a body or mm-hmm. a circumstance or whatever is it poverty porn is or... it yeah. yeah yo especially when it comes to journalism yeah right absolutely. yeah that's that was one of Leia's main things is you know you guys ever seen that meme where it's like a kids from the suburbs <laughs> suburbs when they see property and it's like the little kid like the camera <laughs> taking pictures yeah yeah that's so crazy like when I-, I got um a friend who is a good friend uh that kind of evolved with um from freshman in college until now and uh she's got her own really kind of intense story of like these different formative experiences but she's in politics now she's um associate uh director of city of community engagement whatever whatever that means Mm -hmm. right and she works for kevin de leon who is the city council person um i'm trying to think of the district uh but i think i think he got one of a recently disgraced council council person but it Anyway, he voted yes on that, and it's for sure 28 type of a thing, and so I see it going off on Instagram once the mayor signs it and is now law, and I hit her about it, and she's like, oh my god, there's so much misinformation, this, this, and this, like, what do you think? And I was like, you know, what do you, what do you think the bill actually says? And I was like, all right, you're trying to say, oh, it's nuanced, it's nuanced, you're not going to understand regular citizen there's all this nuance in this. And I'm like, yes or no question. Is it now illegal to be homeless in LA? She's like, well, what do you mean by illegal? I said, yes or no question. <laughs> yes or no question. Is it illegal to jaywalk? Yes or no question. <laughs> Which I I got a ticket jaywalking. Um, and the day I was supposed to go to court, my dad had died. I didn't go to court. And then later on, I owe a $500 thing. And I just like was like pled guilty to missing court and the thing. And how to go through all of this stuff and so I was like you know yes jaywalking is a crime A it does affect the lives of some of people that can't ma- navigate the institutional barriers mm-hmm. and frankly that crime is for those people right. that can't make the court date right. to give them a reason to harass to put them in a pen to drag them off to wherever and eventually ship them to the desert Yeah, and your because... boy who's Whatever. When you go to the DMV, yeah. When you go get your L's, mm-hmm. one of the first things on the test is say, citizens, uh, pedestrians got the right of way at all times. It don't matter if they in the middle of the street, if if they doing 
whatever. So who is that for? Just regular people that's not getting messed with. You right. feel me? Yeah. And it's exactly what you're saying. But the other people, oh, you jaywalking. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get you. So, yeah, man, that's uh, crazy. I just, I just, you know, pray L.A. gets better. Yeah. Um, I hope that the homelessness don't get crazy out here because I, I feel like, I feel like if, if the homelessness is going to be out here, it's going to be something like the 1930s, you feel me? Where it's not going to be regular people, mm-hmm. like like random people. It's going to mm-hmm. be people that we know mm-hmm. that's on, on the street, like all of us. Yeah. And it's going to be people that's living in our houses. We're going to be like, yo, what the hell? You yeah. Yeah. So I was mentioning earlier, I was in LA 2007. So the crash happens right then. Yeah. I was on the train because I was still going to school in Long Beach. I get, on, I get up at like 5 a.m., get on the blue line. Some of the kids that got on the train, I saw mom and dad and two little girls come out of a tent that was off the side of the train as I was getting on the blue line. And so, and it's only gotten worse since then. It, it never got better. Obama didn't, frankly, change the material conditions on the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of them are going to. I mean, even if he did, dude came in right after and wiped all that out. <laughs> yeah, so yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like this thing where it's like... You know, wait, who? I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, well, because I do be talking like that. You feel me, dude? It's like, who is dude? It's like, man, context clues. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I'm yeah. using African American vernacular English here. <laughs> oh man, just say ebonics. Can we go back to ebonics? I like that better. Or just how about this? How about let's get I like that. <laughs> or look, since we talking AAVE uh-huh. and you know using African American vernacular English yeah that's not African American vernacular English <laughs> that sounds like English to me using all these words how yeah. about we just take it back down to Ebo <laughs> let's not even use Ebonics I'm speaking Ebo Ebo plus 2.0 Ebo plus Ebo S you know it's interesting though because there is like you look at the internet this is a total tangent but like no, ahead, people in like Korea and I saw you say like I don't want to see white people say bussin it's the same thing as the n-word too. and I was like you know what I really actually legitimately understand like I feel that like, like, do you yeah, I'm, yeah I'm like no you don't need to say that you were you lived your whole life up until a few months ago without saying that. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Throughout all of this, I'm curious on your perspective when you're talking about shooting shooting folks that maybe aren't even aware that they're being mediated. They're being brought into a piece of art. Right. I don't think, okay, so, I don't think that's a, a bad thing. Um, but there is a conversation, I suppose, around depiction, mm-hmm. narrative. I and mean, then who's telling it? Who's telling it? Absolutely. You know, how do you kind of fit those pieces together? So, like, if you are going through a role and you're like, yeah, this is this is not something I'm going to publish because mm-hmm. even though it's not inappropriate, it maybe is too intimate or maybe it doesn't tell the story okay. in the way that's I got I got perfect examples for y'all, right? If you're going to be just like information right you can only like when I take in information it's first hand from the people that wrote it so if I'm trying to look at some or what they call hieroglyphics I'm trying to find hieroglyphic dictionaries and trying to read what it say from them I'm not trying to read what somebody else said or what it might say you feel Mm. me and if it is second hand it's from somebody that's considered a descendant of those people right trusted source now that's when like like me going i used to 
the safest place for me to sleep was Holy Moly parking lot in my car. I used to be right there with the jammy watching the real, like, I'm housed because I'm in my car, but I'm seeing people that don't got nowhere to go coming and scavenging to see if they could see bags or money on the floor every night. Like, that was my thing. Mm-hmm. I was really homeless, homeless. Like, when that's the safest place for you to be, like, that's where you feel most comfortable, yeah. your life is messed up. So it's different when a black person that's been through homelessness most of their 20s mm-hmm. sees homelessness somewhere else and say, damn, this needs to be documented. Mm-hmm. Now, if a kid from somewhere that's getting culture shocked, mm. just never seen this before, oh, this is real, it's just not TV, and now you want to show people, but it's out the context, yeah. then you got to do more intensive stuff. If you're going to do that, you got to look up people like Ralph Boschke, uh, uh, Yol Servic, uh, I think that's his name, the dude that wrote the book, The Warriors. Not mm-hmm. the game or the movie, but the book that everything is based off of. He was mm-hmm. a social worker, in those communities. That book is way crazy. It's crazy. Did yeah. you look into it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Compared to the movie, that okay. like, the movie couldn't even, it, like, it would be wrong to make a movie. Have you seen the movie <laughs> The Warriors? Mm. Okay. The Warriors, come out and play. Do you know what we talking about? No. No, the Warriors? It's like 80s, like... It's a cult classic. Street, street gang, New York, <laughs> like... You ain't ever played the game, The Warriors. It's I don't like, know what you're it's like, You don't know the Warriors, nothing. Even if, even if, it's like, <laughs> so, so gang, like it's not. It's, it's right like up your alley. Pre eighties gangs too, even right. No automatic it's, weapons or anything. They're it came like out in ninety seven. Clubs okay. and and knives and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's another. One. Yeah, so it's like New York gangs. I got some homework. The book, <laughs> yeah, the book was written in like sixty five or something. Yeah. Yeah. The uh the the mic is. Picking okay. that up. Yeah. Um, the book was written in 65, and then the movie was made in 79, and then the games came out in, like, 2005, right? Yeah. But this dude back in the 60s, now, when you take it from that context, because yeah. before I read the book, it's always 79 to me, because that's where the book takes right. place. Right. The but 60s. then when you realize, okay, yeah. he bases off the 60s, yeah. gangs have been, and so, like... Gangs are like the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, the dominators. So, yeah. so it's like this guy. Not only did he work with these kids, but after he was done with that job, he would do stuff like he bought a van and would sit on blocks and just listen and really understand what's going on. So when he told this story, it was really that. Now, me as a black person reading the story, I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. this does happen, right? It's, it's some crazy stuff like in the movie, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> At this point, right? It's a cult classic. Yeah. Came out however many years ago? Yeah. Uh, they, they meet this rival gang and then they end up taking the girl from the gang that instigated the whole thing with him. And then at the end of the movie, they ride off in, into the sunset, right? Okay. In the book... They see this rival gang. The girl antagonizes them, tries to follow them. They trick her like, yeah, you could come with us. Uh, they end up seeing this guy. This And they're all kids. They're not like how the movie is. They see this guy. They end up stabbing the guy. She's cheering him on. Then they lay her down, run a train on her, and then run away from her and leave her there. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. So, and then I was like, let me really research who this guy is because stuff like this did happen. Let me see what's going on. Then I seen, I was like, all right, this dude really work with the people. These are stories that's coming out from real experiences. Yeah. It's so messed up that you're like, this is real. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
But in the movie, right, when he made it, when you read the about and what he felt about the movie, he was like, I hated it because they, cause they whitewashed my movie. Mm-hmm. Then, then once you look at the... Based, and his publisher even had to tell him, look, when you get interviews, don't tell people that you hate it. He's you know? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah. And then in the documentary for the movie, the creators of the movie said, well, you know, in the book, they're all blacks and Hispanics, but, you know, Hollywood wasn't going for that. Mm. So that's why, like, in the book, the leader, you know, he ends up in a fight and gets separated. So the whole book is about them getting back home. And then one of them being like, I'm the war chief until we get back. Once they get back home in the actual book, he's still alive, right? But in the movie, they kill him off. And before the movie starts, like right when the movie starts, he tells one of the white gang members, if I die, you're the, you're the dude. So then he dies and then the dude's like, the white dude's like, all, like over all these black kids, like, yeah, I'm the leader. So, and then, and then like the thing with the girl, then him... And then the girl, they walk on the beach off the sunset in Coney mm-hmm. Island. So it's just like, you know, you... you I see. Mm-hmm. But the movie's great because I fell in love with the movie, right? But mm-hmm. then once you get older and, and you see what's going on, mm-hmm. there's a different thing. Um, Ralph Boschke, he created Coonskin. White dude, you feel me? Movie so good, I thought it was created by black people. Ooh, I looked it up. It's the dude that made the Hobbit cartoon animation back in the day. I'm like, wow. <laughs> But (laughs) (laughs) then I look him up and he like, man, F Disney. And, you know, uh, I I, I went in the hood and recorded conversations and got interviews and, you know, the plights of the people and stuff like that. That's why, like, a lot of the clips, they just speeches of Mm. they're actually like speeches or rants of black dudes on the street or women talking on the street. And he animated and put it in there. So that, that's I'm like, that's why you got me crying? Because these are real people? Like, that is some stuff. So if you're out there and you want to document and you're not, you know, of those people or had those experience, but you want to get in there, then you basically got to find somebody else to escort you in and tell you what's what. You feel me? They're actually the directors now. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And you go with them. Have y'all seen um, I, I Am Somebody? It's a uh, it's a Long Beach documentary about homelessness by this uh, elderly. I can't do him like that. Hold on, I gotta actually go on my phone and find this dude's name. Mm-hmm. But I am somebody. You can find it on LongBeachMedia.org, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I left my phone outside. But oh, yeah, if you could look on, I can look at it. Yeah, but I am somebody. Yeah, on uh, Long Beach Media. But uh, yeah, man, um, homelessness, Jesus. Um, yeah, and, and and also that fine line, because frankly, I think, like, we need to get rid of National Geographic. They've done and fucked up yeah. so much culture and understanding history that, sure, they've reformed it, and now if you want to be one of, you know, the Olympics-level photographer or whatever the fuck, like, that's kind of, for that type of stuff, anyway. For that anthropology but, type. Yeah, but, yeah. like, it's, I think, just rooted in that type of, like, voyeurism mm-hmm. and, like, colonization and just these other things and and Mm. gentrification is the newest form of colonialism Mm. you know and and a lot of these people that are trying to tell these sad stories but then they show it at theaters that like those people couldn't afford tickets to and you're not going to use the proceeds to help people out you know the thing with Jamie Foxx where he's a cello player right that that actual LA writer is trash 
and like has has actually helped advance gentrification but he's made out to be the hero in this thing play as played by Robert Downey Jr. all of this shit or you know and and, and so it's just like yo like yeah. have the, you seen um City of Gods mm. man you gotta get on your <laughs> on your movie tip he's like, doing he's doing 20 to 30 yeah. rolls a month <laughs> 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 I haven't uh, been the blockbuster in a minute. That's another. Uh, that's another. Well, this is a independent movie made in um, Brazil. Um, it's just about the favelas out there. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, have you seen I Am Legend? Yeah. Okay. I seen that one. Okay. <laughs> the the woman that comes in like with the kid, mm-hmm. she gets her start from City of God. She's. Did you ever like realize that? Uh, and I am legend. You said the, basically the girl that they're all like trying yeah. to get weed for City of God. That's her. Really? Yeah. Uh, wow. I didn't know that until I watched the City of God documentary, and like it shows you what happened to all of them. But within that documentary, oh, wow. it's basically like some dudes from America went down there to the favelas, and it was like, yo, we got this script. We want people to play in it. Boom. After it was done. They're all inexperienced people. They really live there. They've never done acting or nothing. Yeah. So, like, the main character, everybody else besides him, they're like, look, we could give you 10,000 rupees or whatever, or we could give you royalty percentage. Mm-hmm. And he took the money. In the documentary, he's like, man, if I would have only known, you feel me? There's, like, this whole montage of him just, like, right. losing his mind. <laughs> I think it should always, it should be ethical to be like, here's some bread, and this is y'all's. You yeah, the me? royalty piece is huge. Yeah, yeah, this is with, yours to with begin that. with. Yeah, like, there, there is no option. Yeah. You're getting both, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, we could go on and on about that type of stuff. David Freeman. David Freeman? That's the dude that yeah. did the... Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, man. But, um... So, Chris, what do you, what do you plan on doing after Downtown Downer? Um, like I said, I kind of, like, build work in two year cycles so I just kind of follow right. my instincts and see where it goes I don't really have a solid answer oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is a solid answer okay I mean yeah because it answered another one of my questions which was you know what is your process you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying I really I just I just post my photos you know what, yeah. what I'm saying that's all I'm I mean I posted along the way too but I think with me like the finished project is is like curated more than you know hey I took this cool picture like check it out you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah um, I definitely need to get to that stage cause I'm, I just be so excited bro mm-hmm. I do that too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just cause somebody's seen it they haven't seen it in the context of the entire thing right you know or, so or, yeah man yeah um let's talk about uh this space that we're actually in this your first time being in here man um Got this printing area down at Adept Design. Um, the Canon Image Graph Pro 4100. That's a lot to say. <laughs> and then we got the smaller Zine printer right here. We got some music equipment, some uh, you know, some screen prints and stuff. But the the main ticket here is this Canon 4100, man. Um, trying to basically, this is a perfect time to plug it. Any body that's you know an artist a photographer you need you're an entrepreneur you need flyers for something you know posters for your business sign up for the 
lay a publication program at oceanlb.org. And, uh, yeah, you can use this printer for damn near wholesale cost, man. We're trying to make it to where... Um, so, basically, what happened was I was... Like I said, I just got into, you know, film photography. And I took some pictures of the beach. And I was like, yeah, 8.5 by 11 letter paper or whatever. They're $15 each, right? People went nuts. I made $300 in one day. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the ticket. I went down to FedEx. And then they was... I tried to do it, and I seen that a single print, an 8x10, was $10. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this don't make no sense. This is a piece of paper. This is more than a shirt. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, no. So I went somewhere else. And it was even more money. I was like, yo, what is going on here? Then I started calling around, and I looked on Tuttle cameras, and I just I just lost my mind. I said, wait a minute. It's, it's a monopoly out here. This should be a couple pennies. What? So then I got so frustrated, I went to Zane's house, he got a printer. Then that's when I seen that side. It was, he he had a inkjet or whatever, but it was these cartridges. The cartridges already cost me a hundred and something dollars. And by the time I was done printing, it was already gone. I said, oh my God, something has to be done here. <laughs> so, I, so, I, so I called a meeting of the minds. I said, yo, we need to buy a, a, a printer it's because without that, the artists and the entrepreneurs around here can't regulate their own prices. You you were making art for somebody else at this point. You can't even do nothing. Like, even if you had a website and you was doing it through the website, like through Printful or something, okay, you could charge them $200, but they're going to get $100 because it's going to say charge you. Now, even though it's really not charging you, that's $100 that you're not getting. Hmm. So I said, oh, yeah, we're just going to go all in. So now we got this printer. It got technology on it to where it has a program to, it calculates which each print is. So you see this print right here, that's that's one of my photos. Oh, and it's stuff like that to where I took that and I knew, bro, and I knew I was like, I was like, yeah, this the one, bro. Yeah. And like, you see how you seen it? And yeah, vicious. So right there, boom. That's like, that's like what, like a 20, like a 24 by 30 or something like that? Mm-hmm. That's That's $5. Yeah, to make yeah. Nice. Com- compared to uh, oh, that would be like forty. Yeah, forty, yeah, 40 fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, so you know, um, on a on a website when you're signing up for the Leah publication program, um, just for people that you know don't qualify, the the prices of of our prints are still cheaper anywhere that you get anywhere else. But you know, artists and entrepreneurs that need help and shit. You come through, you sign up, seventy five percent off. So it'll go from that thirty to like seven something something. Boom, and then that's it. And then uh, all you gotta do, we gonna print it out. You just come and pick it up. Got you on file. Once you come pick it up, we, you know, check you off the list, and then that's it. You know, yeah. say if you got um, if you print on a big printer and you got smaller prints that fit like on that size, you could probably print like. You know, if it's like a four by four, you got loads of those. You could print out so many of those yeah. on one sheet. Yeah. And then are you? And then we we got this uh, fifty four inch um, rail cutter right here. You just come and cut them out yourself. And so now each one of those prints is only costing you a couple pennies. You know, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And now you in there. So, you know, it's 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 something that is to be used. And if you smart enough. You can even start a whole business off of this thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too deep into that one. 
figure it out. Yeah, rewind <laughs> that and listen to what I said again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, how do you feel about the space? I like it. Mm-hmm. There's so much potential. It's a lot of good space. Lots of good equipment and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm excited to get involved. Yeah, man. Got the zine printer. All types of roles. This uh, printer does, like, uh, vinyl stickers, you know, fine art prints and whatever else. So, I mean, basically right now, we're actually trying to get photographers and artists like yourself to, you know, really take over the space, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to do the podcast, you go trying to do this, we do this and that. So, you know, kind of getting stretched in. So it's a perfect opportunity for somebody to come in and really take over the program because that's, cause that's basically, you know, what Ocean Oak needs too is an actual photographer, photographer. Like, I, I do photography, but it's not my... It's not my main passion, you feel me? Even mm-hmm. though my Instagram, that's the main thing that people like the most. That's not what's on my thing. But somebody like you or somebody else to come in and really, you know, take hold and, you know, set it up, do programs for kids or whatever, that would be dope, you feel me? Yep. And, um, yeah, get these grants from the city. Yeah. yeah, they're out there. There's all kinds of grants out there. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing some type of program or doing something... Like that, um, that will require like one of the small like uh, grants from the Arts Council? Um, I've always liked the idea of like art education and stuff, mm-hmm. but I haven't like specified into anything, but I have loads of projects that I could run by you, mm-hmm. even just like entry level stuff. Like I remember you talking on Saturday about a photo walk and then there was a second component where we could print the photos from those photo walks yeah. and so people could see, you know, the fruits of their labor and... I think that's a good start for sure or even just like you know getting kids involved and you know like materials are pretty inexpensive for film photography in terms of like cheap cameras and developing and stuff right so we can actually square this away on the podcast because this is how you know stuff just work around here so basically I need to get my lawyer oh no 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 no, no, no. (laughs) I'm just kidding uh but you should though. Nah, nah. <laughs> I'm just playing. Nah, so basically, um, let's say we do the art walk, right? Mm-hmm. And then we we get the rolls back. If if we got one of those scanners for the developers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like the process of developing it, like what um I don't understand. Okay, how do you? What I don't understand is how do you get that that film mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. All right. You know. I got you. So, you get the film, right? Mm-hmm. And the only part that needs to be completely dark is when you you have a special tank with a funnel on it and the funnel locks into place, but so you can take off the lid and pour chemicals in like in the kitchen or in the bathroom. You could even do it outside, but the only part that you need like completely dark when you're developing film is to uh put the roll of film onto the reels. It's like circular reels I've seen like the little cup thing that they pour all the yeah. stuff in you just get them on the reels in complete darkness put them in the tank in complete darkness put on that light type funnel and then then you can cook okay. so then you just put in the chemicals then you do all that stuff which is a whole nother thing I'm not going to get into yeah, right. but then you have your developed negatives you let them dry and then like once they're dry you can scan them and that's what the labs do right mm-hmm. they put them through a film scanner and then they send you the scans. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a scanner, there's all kinds of scanners. There's like 
two hundred dollar scanners. There's like this eight hundred dollar one. Yeah, that I want to get. Scanners. Yeah, you want to get that one? Yeah, because I mean, and <laughs> this is the thing. I really in like you see, this is a five thousand dollar printer. Right. You know, I'm really yeah. trying to invest within yeah. the community, and it's everybody's. Like I'm, you know, it's mm-hmm. the it doesn't belong to anybody except for the nonprofit. You know, I think that's one thing that people get. Let's circle back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the importance of locals doing you know what you guys are doing with the art show and things like that sure um waldo i think he lives in the south bay um and i think he just got a bunch of friends together and these are people who are you know like me at the ground level not really like a lot of connections with the art scene or the art world who are just you know busy like doing day-to-day work while also trying to make their own art and I think it's important for people to um, find people and connect up and link up and make stuff for themselves when you know they might not have the resources or the connections to get in with other establishments you know Um, and the show turned out really great like I said I knew like half the people there I knew like my friend Daniel will be showing some crazy street pictures. I knew, like, um, do you meet you? No. He was uh, the guy with the the pictures of the punk show in the, the river. Yeah. That was crazy. Right? That was crazy. Yeah. The one where they threw the spray cans in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen video of that, <laughs> but that picture, and it was like Batman was like, like, yeah. like the angle that he had. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, you're behind somebody else. You're higher than him. Where are y'all at? How'd y'all get up there? This? Yeah, there were like was... crowds of people. Yeah, I heard they couldn't shut it down. Yeah, like the riot police were. I mean, eventually everyone left. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can't shut something down. <laughs> it looked like Lollapalooza yeah. under a bridge. Under I was a like, yeah, bridge, it looked like dudes like swarming a Krabby Patty. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Feel me? Yeah, but, but uh, I think yeah. it's very important for people to organize themselves. You know. Yeah. And if they have stuff, they need to, you know get it out to the world yeah cause you were saying um, last time we were talking about it I, I never really realized this but it's simple math a lot of people they they go to like you said um, colleges or stuff like that not be, not to really like they already know how to draw or do whatever that they're doing but they go there to network and you know get they stuff popping and a lot of us we don't have the money to do stuff like that you know so it's important that, you know, we get together and do things. And, um, you know, it's only going to happen like that because the the treasurer of the Arts Council, I was on a, uh, I was on his radio show, and he was asking me where all the black and brown people were in the art scene, you know. He said, we got all this money, da, 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 this and that, but I just don't see him. And I said, because, well... I told him this, but also now thinking about it, it's on us too as the people. I was telling him, you know, they at work. They work at Walmart. They work at warehouse jobs and stuff. Right out of high school, they didn't have time to, just like how I was saying about my mom, you know what I'm saying? They didn't have time to do all that. Y'all don't make it. Y'all don't go into the hood and try to find them or do nothing. Y'all just see these, I don't even want to say gentrifiers, but these people that just moved here. Mm-hmm. Right, and y'all be looking at what they doing, and that's even a privilege because they're able to sit down, paint 
post something mm-hmm. and you go, yo, can you paint this? You know, mm-hmm. y'all not making that accessible for, you know, the people that go to work every day. That's way right. crazier than them. They just, you know, um, so that needs to happen. If if we do get to go to college, you know, like we're sons of people, you know, that maybe didn't get to and they're like, you're not going to art school. <laughs> Facts. You know, that is true. <laughs> yes, yeah. nah, bro. You're not, nah. Do that nah. on your free time. Go ahead and get you a degree that's going to pay for the degree, the house, and me when I'm old. Right. You know, like. Yeah. yeah and then true. there's the other facet of it, I think, which is navigating the art space. Like I said, there's like a lot of networking that goes on in higher education and stuff like that. But then even if, you know, you're recognized and you're, like, brought into a gallery or something like that, then you also have to talk the talk, you know? Right. right. So. Which is a lot of posturing. Yeah, exactly. Like, who do you know? Like, what do you know? Do you know this mm-hmm. artist? You know? Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in this motherfucker? Not really. No. Nah. <laughs> I think we covered it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, where can the people find your stuff I think I tried to find your website the other day but uh I think I stopped paying that shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) we can we can work together to get a a free thing stood up okay there's some options out there that can be pretty custom so okay yeah um but you can find my Instagram at chrisnickpics c-h-r-i-s-n-i-c p-i-c-s um and I post most of my stuff there Mm -hmm. for sure man and um, Jake, tell them where they could find about Adept Design that because we're going to talk about that in another episode. But yeah, know. so you can find us uh, at uh, Adept, A-D-A-E-P-T dot design. So that's our website. Dot design is the, you know, actual kind of uh, URL there. And, and then same for the Instagram. We can wrap it up. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, it was already done? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, I gotta say this. We gone. 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 Talking out his neck, man. I hope he can fight. I'm trying to get rich. You online trying to type. I'm in line with the money and I put that on my life. I need it all or nothing. I'm the new David Ruffin. These bitch ass niggas ain't really worth nothing. Cut the small talk, baby girl. Show me something. I don't care about the radio. I know my shit bumping. I'm probably riding dirty, but I just got my whip washed. Me and Shy balling like Luca and Kristoff. Me and my niggas in the field trying to get off. Got these niggas pissed off? Got these niggas pissed off. Fuck what they talking about, I'm really that nice. Nigga, Benny Honda play steak with the fried rice. Fucking all these bitches, champagne on ice. Yeah. And if you need that work, nigga, hit me for a price. 23 on my back, got me feeling like Mike. I told baby, do the 
right thing, I'm feeling like Spike And I never trust a bitch that be fucking out of spite Got these cookies in my wood, nigga, watch me take flight, yeah Now watch me take flight Cookies in my wood, nigga, watch me take flight And I couldn't hit a bitch with she ain't even my type I'm online with the money and I put that on my life, yeah, yeah Nigga, uh, yeah, yeah I'm in the Cooper life Out the roof of the Mercedes Got my mama on the roof of the Mercedes Like Mercedes, ain't no limit, she like Yeah, she took me out the Mercedes like we did Hit the corner, curve, feel it Hit the curve, feel it, curve, spill the click off Ratchet off the B-roll Baton Rouge, Negro Run the film, feature, living B-roll See my soul grow through Mazda Petos Who you know, river flowing, it's cold The moment that you've been waiting for Delaying for I'm in the back of a painted Ford And tainted cores Romantic, I knew that I was an average, just young, lost, and damaged. In a world where everyone's a mechanic, the privilege won't understand it. This wasn't luck, boy, I planned it. Bring the cash in, sacrifice, that's a gambit. Survival tactics, roll the dice, I adapted like Curtis Jackson, kept on snapping. <laughs> Wait, tell a bitch to get up out my way. Loot on the bitch, no, I don't play. Hey, these motherfuckers wanna jock my style. I could put a penny down and get this motherfucker i'm trying to eat i'm trying to live in this motherfucker i'm trying to buy my mama crib get us out the gutter if you ain't seeing me with love then this motherfucker donnie hold it down get a drink and slow it down wait 
Even when they used to call my mama from the school, claiming that her boy was missing every fucking school. But I ain't no fool and I ain't never been a dummy. Never been scummy, even when I lived bummy. Good karma, now the music getting larger and more sauna. Had to go and cop a llama, it's more drama, more at stake and more hate. Still we celebrate, push play on the tape. If you ain't pitching on the party, you ain't getting shit for real. A lot of daddy, show they love to move a body. Le gusta la de Cory, le gusta la de Bad Bunny. Le gusta poesia, me manda the milk and honey. Mi gente con tiro arriba, we had to get it from nothing. So it's money over bitches, and I love over that. Got it off the trenches, that's my brother's where it's at. I said it. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just feel real good, so you gotta snap on some shit like this. <laughs> this some shit that make your mama wanna dance. I put that on my soul, nigga. Yo, look. Uh, I ain't never follow a textbook. Might jab twice, then come with the best hook. I'm on the fast break with Westbrook. AI strides, but old school, so I finish with left hooks. Fuck a chain, you will get your neck tucked. Beef is nothing but a cat or what eggs cook. Lost your mind, I come help you look. Got a scope that'll find any cranny, every nook. Head spinning like a frisbee when you busy and you book. Pulling out vet moves, and he only just the rook. Granny a church girl, the family crooks. I was taught not to talk, but to listen and look. You got a problem? Shit, figure it out. Anything is possible with the proper amount. No doubt, Gwen Stefani in the back of the whip. In the throwback jersey on some fabulous shit. Fabulous shit. I play the cards I was dealt and I'm calling your bluff You can't hang with the dogs when you the type the wolf Everything's an easy breeze when subtracting the wolf How about wanting answers, I'm testing your love testing your love, nigga not giving a fuck She loved the lifestyle So she giving it up My pockets seeing profits I'm filling them up And I'ma keep on stacking Till the ceiling I touch I feel the energy of rebirth. 
said it, I remember it came first Whatever you need to say, just read it out, yeah How can you build one place and still surround us? I tried everything I can to forget about you Can't live without you Run right, but you gotta say fall like a star Hey night, that's when I wonder where you are, girl Feel so lonely all the time Trapped on your planet into the skies And I don't know what to do Cause I'm giving you and there ain't no substitute Who took care of you? They had no choice but see me blow. Gold Reaper grips on 1911 coats. Probably see me on the water plug, was trapping off a boat. Walked in, two pistols in my dental coat. Popped the band off these blues, your bitch giving me the dope. Bought a baby chop, it came with a cleaning kit. So many holes in them, damn how many times did he get hit? I be in a trap ready to die about this shit. Finessed a couple niggas so bad I made them quit. I give my younger 28 grams to get you hit. The plug say you done with the pounds, gave me a brick. I brush my teeth with Colgate, rinse my mouth with Clico. Getting money every day like I got a cheat code. Smoking that exotic, turn a bitch to a freak hoe. And once I make them land, get extra points like a free throw. Call me Mr. Everything, I can feel the order. And ship them for a point if you can't transport them. Work in my foreign, taking trips OT cause my trap boring. I was serving fiends on the corner while you snoring. Take a look around, I'm the only one scoring. So tell them other niggas stop rapping that fiction. Stacking green and sipping codeine is my addiction. Four nickel Glock in my jeans, I ain't slipping. Finesse you out your work, pussy nigga, quit the bitching. Huh. RM, finesse you out the work, pussy nigga, quit the bitching. Huh. RM. Started, nigga. Maybe you don't see 
mafia. Think you gon' kill me reaching? I ain't preaching, bitch. I'm out here reaping. Quit with all this fake shit. We got a score to settle. I bounce out with the metal. Three touchdowns in the first quarter. It's a blowout. That's three mamas morning before April. Please, son, don't go out on the corners. Cause the predator can become a prey in a given day. I call up some niggas whose names I refuse to say. Slide on me with a fully out okay. Got a Glock 45 on the waist. Anything that pay, I'm flipping packs, zips off the bricks for them racks. Reaper Mafia don't know how to act. Gold Reapers on the grips of the strap, blowing gas like I got cataract. This shit hitting me at 36 a pack. I can pay the price, cause a nigga trap. You ain't nothing like me, yo, boy, like this cap. Keep hating from a distance or on your shoulder. You gon' feel the Reaper tap. Cause I'm colder than Minnesota Better believe that clock throwing boulders I pop your top and watch it explode Like a can of soda Yeah, you pussy nigga shook up